All right, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Ace and Trey Club. I'm the Trey Club, Joseph Williams. Unfortunately, the Ace is out of town for Thanksgiving, but I do have some special guests with me here. One being Mr. Cedric Bailey of the VGC Sports Network. And then the second one, our longtime road dog, our partner in crime, as I like to say, when he's not when he's not on the show, but he's a special guest as always. Mr. Brandon Lewis is here with us. So how are you guys doing tonight? Man, good. You know, we was able to get a, a win this past weekend in Bedlam, and that was my first Bedlam this past weekend. So, man, it's good. Um, I'm in town to be here with family. So, hey, I'm I'm blessed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Say hi. Hey, what's doing? going on, fellas? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? I'm doing amazing. Good. Good. Now, good. before we start here, said I had to. I owe you an, an apology. I owe the fans an apology because I said two lies last week, and I just want to say I apologize because the first lie that I said. I said the Raiders was the worst team, one of the worst teams in the NFL. And boy, did I forget that the Denver Broncos existed. <laughs> boy, did I forget. So I, I lied about that. I did lie. I apologize for that lie to you, said. Well, the, the Houston Texans are the worst team in the league. Well, I thought y'all were the worst team with the most potential. But then I no. forgot that the Broncos existed. Yep. <laughs> Now, Brandon, I don't know if you heard the show last week. My second lie here. Now, I was going, we always talk about the Cowboys in our third segment here. And we say, you know, it's a, it's a segment that everybody wants to talk about. Everybody wants is waiting for us to talk about, me and Jamal here. Now, the second lie that I said, now I said that the Minnesota Vikings were the best team in the NFL. And boy, did I lie. Uh-oh. <laughs> they exposed you, man. Boy, boy, did I lie. Did I lie about that? Now, I'm not going to talk about the Cowboys just yet, of course, because we always got to save it for the third segment as usual. But Yes, sir. My <laughs> first question for y'all here is, did you like that? Did you like that on Sunday? Did you like what you see on Sunday? As Kirk Cousins would say, did you like that? Well, it was, it was the best game the Cowboys ever played on the road. And, and you, you hit the nail right on the head last week, and I heard you. And when you talked about the Cowboys, the problem is it's not the players' fault. It's the coaches' fault. It's mm-hmm. Kellen Moore's fault. It's Mike McCarthy's fault. Why is it their fault? Because when you get away from the run game and you concentrate on the passing game, you know, why are you throwing the ball on first down? Why are you throwing it on second down? You should at least always run on first down, you know. And then it, it just depends on the field position where you're at if you're going to pass on the second down. But more than likely, you will run the ball on first down. And then also the Cowboys, their biggest problem is they always they always just outcoach themselves. You, you got the talent, you know. You just yeah. got to just make it work. And the, and the coaches, that's their fault for not getting it done. You can't throw the ball to C.D. Lamb every time. You know, yeah. you got some other guys that you can get the ball to. So Kellen Moore. We just just stick to it. I, I think the Cowboys, what they do is they gamble. However, if you notice, you know, their defensive coordinator, what's his name, Dan Simon? Is that his name? Dan he Quinn. Used to be the head, Dan Quinn, thank you. Dan Quinn used to be the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Where was the Atlanta Falcons a few years ago? In, in the Super Bowl. Bowl. 
right? But they my favorite made... team embarrassed them. Yeah, okay, <laughs> we know Patriots. But it was like this. They had a chance to run the ball. You got Marshawn Lynch on the team. What do you do? You pass right. the ball. You're right. You should have ran you're it. Supp- you're supposed to run it, but yeah, they passed the ball. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, what Dan Quinn said, I don't want to be a head coach anymore. I'm a defense coordinator. So what happened last week? The players had a players-only meeting. They got together and said, we better than that. We should have never let Brent Favre own us. But when you leave the door open and you leave the keys out and you're saying, okay, we're going to call this play, and when we mess up, here's the keys, you just shut it down. And I know those guys were embarrassed. They were really embarrassed. And so they got it together. My question is now, why are you thinking about going to get OBJ? You got you got the team you need. Why would you go get them? Well, the reason being is, I can answer that, they don't have a true number one receiver. CeeDee Lamb has proven he's not the true number one receiver. He's more of a number two option. You know, I've seen CeeDee Lamb play in college. Yes, he was the number one receiver for the Sooners. But as far as an NFL, he is not a legitimate number one receiver. So they're wanting to go out and get that number one receiver. Um, also, it will cause a distraction in the passing game because they're going to be focused more on OBJ, and that opens up uh, CeeDee Lamb or Michael Gallup. or even they had a number, Brandon, they had a number one receiver, and he had a great game last week with another team. You know who that person was? Amari Cooper. Cooper. They let him go. <laughs> they yeah. let him go. It's That's the whole thing. Jerry Jones. I keep saying that. As long as Jerry Jones is in control of the team, they're going to be making some of the that, – have you noticed that's the majority of the DFW teams in general? They can't keep the people that they need to keep. They let them go. Yeah, well, it's, it's a long season, as I always say. And every, every season, and as a DFW fan, is a long season, especially Rangers and Cowboys. Uh, not not so much the Mavericks most times because they got Luka, but, hey, it is what it is. But, like I said, well, the Cowboys – Cowboys are the best, one of the top teams in the NFC. I got to I gotta put the 49ers in there, too, as well. I got to put in the AFC, I got to go with the, uh, with, uh, with the Chiefs, without a doubt. And then I got to put in the Dolphins. And there's one more other team I'm leaving out if I had to have my top five teams. And I'm going to have to go with another NFC team. I don't know if it's going to be the Vikings. Uh, I don't know, you know. Yeah, well, like I said, we're going to talk about the Cowboys in the third Yeah, we'll but, get there because I got a lot to say about the Cowboys. But, Seth, okay. the first thing we got to get to, now, I know your Raiders just won, but it wasn't an impressive win against anybody impressive. No, it wasn't. The game before, we got we, we gave the game away. We had the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Derek Carr, I don't know what he's doing. He's going to do a better job. But after watching the game, when I look up, I'm, and I'm going back to the game when they played the Indianapolis Colts, which Jeff Saturday in his first game at home, and you lose this mm-hmm. game, you let Matty Ice run the ball 35 yards down the field. Matty Ice is over, what, 37 years old? Yeah, he's old. You, he's let him run, you let him run down the field like it's nothing. So, you know, uh, Carr, he, he's like he said it. There's some people in the, in the locker room. That's not giving their best. They they look terrible on defense, and they got to get that issue resolved. And then they need they. Uh, if you notice, uh, Hunter Renfro is having nowhere an exceptional year. So Derek Carr is going to have to do like what the Cowboys did when uh, when Dak was quarterback and they had Jason Witt 
you got to have that guy that's coming out the backfield. Look at what San Francisco did the other day in, in Mexico against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. McCarthy, uh, uh, McCaffney came out the backfield and he hit him in the swing side. Didn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, Cowboys did the same thing with Pollard. I mean, they, he the play was executed so well, they couldn't even catch him. But the Raiders have got to get Hunter Renfro back in there in that situation. And, and Jacobs is having an exceptional year. To me, it's the defense. They got to turn that thing around, you know. And Derek Carr has got to, he's got to be more confident in what he's doing, you know. He's got to get it together. Now, if he Brandon, don't, he's out of there. Yeah. Brandon, let me ask you this. So if you were in a Raiders organization, how would you have fit? Because, of course, we all know the defense, but I feel like there's some liabilities on offense, too. I mean, outside of Devontae Adams, like you just said, you have no number one receiver outside, or you have no backup to that because Hunter Renfro isn't having the season that he did last year. Then on top of that, Darren Waller has been hurt the entire year, and I know personally because he's on two of my fantasy teams, not picking him up ever again just because of that. And so it's just some liabilities within different areas. So how would you personally have fixed the Raiders if you were running the organization, Brandon? Well, me personally, <laughs> you know, kudos to my boy Josh McDaniels, but he is not the answer at head coach. Mm. This is the second, well, kind of the third team that he has, like, been in control of, and they haven't did anything. You know, I mean, he, he's coached under one of the best coaches in NFL history. But the man, I don't know, he can't handle a whole team. He can handle an offense. Mm. So, number one, I would have never hired Josh McDaniels as my head coach. Number two. The defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, I will have not hired him as well. Um, I have seen what he done with the Dolphins, and I was I have seen what he done with the Giants, and they they weren't stellar defenses. Hmm. So number t- uh, those two, I never would have made those moves. Also, yes, they brought in Devontae Adams. Let's go in and go get some more receivers because you can't just have Devontae Adams, Hunter Winfro, and Darren Waller. We need some depth behind that. You know, it's some good quality receivers out there uh, as far as the depth uh, move. Defense, um, I feel like they had that defense, but they lost a lot of good people. It, it was a great thing in bringing in Chandler Jones. But Chandler mm-hmm. Jones is not doing as much damage as he was when he was with the Patriots or when he was with the Arizona Cardinals. So definitely, I will start with that. But coaching would be my number one thing, you know, bringing in a different head coach. Um, like I said, I love Josh McDaniels, but he is not the answer at head coach. Say, so would not. you agree? I mean, you had a lot of you had your lot of Derek Carr talk. So, would you agree? Head coaching maybe might be where you need to start looking at. Maybe I, we know Sean Payton is on the potential of bringing yeah, coming that's, back. That's, so, would you would you agree with coaching is where you need to put some thought into that next year? Well, I, I got to give him another year or so, you know, because when he was at Denver. He had problems, and and I was I was watching the game, and some of the Denver fans fans were like they had some concerns too on his coaching skills. It seems like if you're up under Belichick, Bill Belichick with the Patriots, you would definitely learn some of his his coaching tactics. Uh, you know, sometimes these guys got their heads down, got their headphones on, and they're not really really focusing in on the game. They're they're too busy looking at their uh, Microsoft. Uh, those with those uh, those pads, Surface. those books. yeah, yep. yeah, and and you and uh, if I'm looking at Jeff Saturday, he ain't he doesn't have that in his hand. 
You know what he's doing? He got the people up in the box that's doing that stuff and they're handling it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then if you look at Andy Reid, look at him. He doesn't use one of them. He looks at the enemy and the enemy is doing his thing. You know what I mean? That's all they're doing. They got their cue cards right there that they're looking at. They got all their plays down. So something ain't right. I know they're using those tablets. Those tablets or those, those surface pads are for you to watch to see the formation. It's like having a video in front of you or so. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna they're gonna have to work on that system and getting it down, you know. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good point that you pointed out because I think what most people get over like overthink about, they think analytics, they think, oh, this is gonna work on this type of play. Like when you stop putting so much into, oh, let me watch this video film on the net, the last play that just happened and just focus on what exactly is working for you in that moment right then and there. That's what a lot of people, like we just said, like you just said, Kellen Moore, you go me, away from what works Let me tell you who's you. doing it. Let me tell you who, who, who picked up on the thing. The mm-hmm. head coach of the, of the Miami Dolphins. What's yeah. his name, McDaniel? What's his name? Yes, Mike McDaniel. That guy has got everybody lined up. He's got Tua, he's got Waddle, he's got that team on focus. And and, and don't forget Tyreek Hill, who came from Kansas City. Huh. They are whatever they're doing down there in Miami, they're making it work. They got it down to a T. Yeah, but I mean, for most people, it can work, like you just said, in certain cases. But I think when you look at it in a whole and look at football as a whole, You just have to board. You know, running the ball works for you. Having two back, having two running backs works for you. Not passing it on third and or first and second down works for you. A lot of these coaches think that they're more than what they can do, which causes them to lose games like these. And I mean, the Raiders had, like we said, the Raiders have had three games where they've been up by 15 points or more and they completely lost it. So if you as coaches can just stop worrying about, oh, I need to do this. We need to do that. It's like, no, it's just as simple as, oh, let's just do what we just did. And it's the age old saying, if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. Well, you, know yeah. who we, you, know, you know who we got this week? We got we got to play Geno and the Seattle Seahawks. And it's going to be in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I'm going to chalk that up for another L for you said, unfortunately. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, y'all got to watch. You gotta watch uh old boy from Arlington Heights, uh Tyreek Woolen went to UTSA. That dude is having an exceptional year as a rookie as cornerback. Yes, sir. Well, we're running out of time here on the BGC Sports Network. This is the Ace and Trade Club. Make sure to come back because me and Brendan are gonna get into our college football talk. So make sure to come back in the next segment. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. This is the Ace and Trade Club. I am the Trade Club, Joseph Williams, and I have my special guest, Brandon Lewis, here with me. So, Brandon, where can the people find you at? I know you've been on our show plenty of times and probably going to be on our show more times coming up here soon. So where can the people find you at when they want to hear your sports takes, where you're going, whatever you're going through in your life or whatever's going down there in Norman, Oklahoma as well? Um, you can catch me on Twitter. I'm starting to do more stuff on Twitter. Catch me at name B Lewis 2510. Again, that's B Lewis 2510. Or you can catch me on Instagram at B Lewis 
um, underscore 2K14. No, sorry, underscore B. Lewis 2K14. Sorry, I kind of switched it up on the names. Um, but again, that's underscore B. Lewis 2K14. Yes, sir. And you guys can for sure follow me on Twitter as well at J-O-S-E-P-H-F-E-R underscore 24. Once again, that is J-O-S-E-P-H-F-E-R underscore 24. And also make sure to follow the Ace and Trey Club on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. It is Thanksgiving week. I am thankful for you guys, and I'm in a giving mood as well. So I will have two episodes put out, this episode included. So I will have two episodes for you guys, uh, two brand new episodes going out to you guys this weekend and the week and after that. So next week as well. So make sure to be on the lookout for that and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts at. Now... I, as we said, I have my special guest, Brandon Lewis, here with me, and we are the weekend show, as everybody knows. We try to be the best weekend show that we could be, and on the weekend here, we have our last full week of college football right before the championships, so I'm very sad, Brandon. I know you're probably sad, because I know Oklahoma fans are like the diehard fans out there, because it's only Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma and Oklahoma City Thunder as your main teams out there. So I know it's sad for the college football fans out there. But we got to look at yeah. these matchups here. It is rivalry week for a lot of schools out there. So these la- this last week is going to be a bunch of rivalry games. So the first one, you have the Egg Bowl. You have Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Then you have Texas versus Baylor. You have Notre Dame versus USC, which I will be tuning into for sure because I have to make sure my USC Trojans do what they need to do and get the job done against Notre Dame. Then you have Michigan versus Ohio State, as always. You have the Iron Bowl with Auburn and Alabama. Then you have Oregon versus Oregon State. And then in the HBCU world, you only got one big game out there that you know that you all that you all should know. You got the Bayou Classic. You got Grambling versus Southern. So now, Brandon, we've been on our – me and Jamal have been talking about this Final Four, who's going to get in, who's not going to get in. So let me ask you the first question. What have been your overall thoughts about how the college football season has gone just in general before we get to the top four? Man, it's been a silent honestly. It seems to shooting thing will be up there um, competing or dominating. Um, you know, you have some first-year head coaches, you know, doing good. Um, then you also have some coaches who switch from other programs of emotions, honestly. Um, you've been seeing a lot of upsets. Teams that you didn't think would, you know, dominate or teams who wouldn't be down, you know, for example, like, you know, my, my current school, the University of Oklahoma, you know, it started off good, um, but, you know, they're um, in rebuild mode with a whole new coaching staff. Number one, starting with the head coach. Um, a lot of players left, so they're trying to, you know, maneuver and see how things work. But, I mean, it's been just some mixed emotions, but I have loved college football this yeah, year. Yeah, same here. Uh, especially the turnaround that USC has had, because it's been, it's been pretty much a lot of years where it's like you don't want to really say you're a USC fan because of how bad they are. I mean, outside of certain players – I mean, you get like your, of course, you're like, you get your Jujus, you get your Drake Londons here and there, you get your Amaran St. Browns here and there, Adore Jacksons, but it just hasn't been the same USC that 
diehard USC fans are known to know. And Brandon, I'm sorry I had to say this, but I am very appreciative of Lincoln Riley and what he's done to pretty much change this organization or well, this program in general. I mean, we went from bottom tier school in the Pac-12, really, in my opinion, to now we're about to have the chance of playing, possibly playing for a national championship and getting into those final four spots. So how have you thought about Lincoln Riley moving from Oklahoma to now USC now? Well, you know, a lot of people are upset, but with me, you know, um, I mean, it was just suspected. Um, It kind of puts you in the concepts of like, was he really there to like, was he there for the money or was he there to truly coach? Um, was the opportunity there for something greater? Who knows? Um, you know, and I'm not going to just put Lincoln down like that. I would truly say that, you know, he felt what was right for him and his family, as he stated. Um, but, you know, me knowing different players and hearing some of the stories kind of like mixed on that. Um, you know, I mean, they got USC looking good. But the thing about it is I'm just saying just what his same senior that he he was doing at OU is the same at um, USC, you have an offense, but no defense. And yeah. I have, I can say, uh, being at OU, of course, and seeing what Brent Venables is doing in his first year hasn't been great, of course, but defense does win games. Uh-huh. And I think it's eventually going to catch up with uh, USC like it did with OU. Um, we made it to the college football playoffs, but we could never make it to the national championship right. um, because we didn't have a defense. So I eventually feel like it's going to catch up with him because he pretty much had the same coaching staff that he did when he was at um, OU, just a little less, um, you know, smaller. He's a, he got, he have a smaller um, coaching staff than he did at OU, of course. But I just feel like eventually it's going to catch up with the Trojans. You know, if they don't have a defense, they have to get that defense shored up. Hmm. And, you know, they're all, they were about speed D when they were at OU. Um, I don't know about the defense this uh, year with USC, but I know um, the uh, rankings compared to what it was when they were all at OU. Yeah, and I think it's a good uh, point that you brought up the defense because at first, I mean, I don't know if it was just because they were just playing the usual, you know, your sorry teams that come out of like the the ones that you pay money to come up there and beat on them for whatever reason. Yeah, non-conference. Um, yeah, a non-conference opponent. So I I don't know if it was just me hyping it up at first because I was like, okay, this defense looks great, offense looks great. But now, here now, we're getting into those shootout games where I'm just like, oh, God, like, this is not where we want to be. Like, especially the Utah game. Utah game, you only lost by one, but it was a shootout. Then UCLA, shootout. I'm like, we don't need shootouts right now. We need to have statement wins, like, 40 to 10, 20, whatever, those type of wins. You don't need shootout wins, especially, and you're on the brink of getting to a playoff spot. That's why LSU is still ahead of us, because they're not getting into those shootout games. Yeah, I'm looking at the rankings now. You guys are ranked 96th, 96th Mm. in college football. That is not good. That is not good. That's the same stats. They had um, that same coaching staff had when they were in Norman. 
And as you can see, offense had to save us. But the offense can only do so much when the defense is not doing anything. Yeah. You know, um, Caleb Williams has been playing good. Um, y'all, of course, that was a great addition of getting Jordan Addison out of pit. Um, you got Mario Williams, who was with us uh, in uh, Oklahoma. But that eventually is going to catch up with you guys. Um, and y'all haven't played a defensive-minded team yet, mm. which most likely y'all be playing for the, back, the Pac-12 championship, and that's Oregon. You got Dan Lennon, who just came off a national championship uh, win and uh, one of the best defenses in college football. Yeah, yeah. So y'all have a lot to look forward to. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm looking at these scores now here. I mean, Utah, like I said, that's our only loss. You let Utah score 43. Then you next game, you let Arizona score 37. You let Cal score 35. You get a statement win against Colorado, but – like, we all know it's just Colorado. So, you get 55 points on there. Then the next week, I mean, I get it. I understand it's UCLA. It's a top team. You give them 45. So, I mean, the defense has made plays in games to where it's like, okay, you need a play. You need a stop. They'll get you a stop. But at the same time, you can't, like, in the UCLA game, they got they got the, the interception at the end of the game to end the game. You shouldn't have to do that at the end of the game. You should have the absolute win, and you should be able to show that, oh, we beat this team fair and square. We deserve to win. You shouldn't leave it up to chance at all is what I'm basically trying to say. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You know, looking at the stats, uh, the most points scored on Oregon this year was 37 and that was Washington. But those two teams out of Washington, Washington and Washington State are totally different teams. Right. Um, but the least they have allowed was three. No, sorry, they got blowed out by 49. So 49, but that was the first game of the – that was Dan Lennon going against his old team first um, game of the season. Yeah. But other than that, 10 has been the least um, they have allowed. And then before that – um, you know, they have, I mean, they have did good. They have shored up. Yeah, for sure. But let's, let's shy away from the USC talk here. I mean, of course we get, we can still talk about it here, but Brandon, I want to get your thoughts on, there's been a lot of talk, especially in TCU. Oh, TCU doesn't deserve to be in the Final Four. They don't deserve it because they haven't beat anybody, even though they've beaten six ranked opponents. I'm just going just gonna to throw that out there again. They have beaten six ranked opponents. But there's a lot of people that think that TCU should not be in the top four. So who would you as, I mean, who would you have in your top four if you were to make, if you were to come down to the college football playoffs and you're on, the, you're on that board, who is your top four? Um, honestly, I'll probably have to say the top four is correct in my opinion. Mm. I have to say, of course, Georgia, uh, Ohio State, Michigan has been doing good, and TCU. TCU have the most wins. Um, I think top 25 wins this season. And I think it's five. Thank you. Thank out you. of college football. They are well-deserved. You Thank know, you. They, they embarrassed us 
<laughs> you know, um, they upset Kansas, who was looking stellar before their star quarterback got injured. I think TCU is well-deserved. I don't know why people don't think TCU is not well-deserved. You had a coach who came from SMU who was doing great with SMU. He turned that program around. And then he came to Fort Worth, and he's doing the same thing. So I don't know why people are not giving TCU the credit. Thank you. See, thank you, Brandon. I I, I, I got to give you a round of applause for that because we've been on here going, TCU deserves it, TCU deserves it, TCU deserves it. But it seems national media just doesn't, I don't know, they just don't watch games or if they're looking at the fact of what happened to teams after the fact of playing TCU. But, I mean, we all know Oklahoma is not having a season that they had, but they were ranked ahead of TCU. TCU wasn't even ranked when they played them. So going on top of that, you had Oklahoma. Then you had Oklahoma State. Their season has pretty much gone backwards from where they wanted it to be. Texas, we all saw what Texas did against Alabama when they should have probably won the game against Alabama. And then their season has gone back and forth, back and forth with Quinn Ewers. Kansas, we, I mean, after the fact of beating Kansas, you, that's another one of those, like you just said, they haven't been the same since the quarterback got hurt. And then Kansas State, who's probably going to see them again, as you told me earlier in the uh, Big 12 championship, is still doing decently okay, not the greatest team, but – I think what people are not looking at is these teams are still good teams in the Big 12 just because just because it's the Big 12 doesn't mean they're not good teams. And just because of what happens after the fact of playing TCU doesn't discredit TCU beating a ranked opponent. Exactly. And then TCU um, has just been playing the same thing. Their defense has stepped up. And, you know, with their, long t- their longest tenure coach in – um, Gary Patterson leaving, they're still playing good, but I feel like they're playing even better, especially offense, because right. he was more defensive-minded. Yeah. Yeah, and you I know, feel they like... They have really stepped up. Yeah, I feel like they have, especially with their... They have a number one... They have a first-round wide receiver and probably a first-round running back, in my opinion. So I think they are playing better, but if I was to make a final four, Brandon, I want you to think about... I want you to look at this here. So I'm going to go Georgia one, Ohio State number two, I think TCU will bump up to three, and I don't I don't know how the committee would do it, but I could see if USC wins out, wins out the Notre Dame game and then the Pac-12 championship game, I could see USC or Michigan at that final four spot because I think I don't I don't think Michigan has enough to beat Ohio State at this point now. It, it, it's just not going to happen. So now it's going to come down to the committee trying to figure out, oh, well, do you give a one-loss Michigan a win, or do you give a one-loss USC the playoff spot? Right. You know, it's kind of weird. You know, these when it comes to these championship games, mm-hmm. they're kind of weird, you know, because some you can see, if you look at media, some of them, the ones they mainly focus on. Right. You know, SEC, of course, that's the main one. You hear about that, like, that's big-timing. Um, Bit 10, that's another one they focus on. Um, you know, not the Bit 12 so much um, and not so much of the Pac-12. I feel like your premier ones are the Pac, uh, I mean, the Bit 10 and the SEC. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you got those blue bloods, right. you know, of Ohio State, Michigan, you know, Alabama, Florida, um, you know, um, 
Georgia now, of course. Um, so, you know, it's just like, man, what, what implications are we going to have going into the last week, you know, leading up to championship games? And sometimes it's not decided until after championship weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was been. That's what we our sentiment has been because a lot of teams like like well, I mean, uh, if Tennessee had not just got blown out by South Carolina, man, and I didn't expect that, man, I really didn't. And you know what's so <laughs> funny? Oh, you have so many connections because Josh Heupel, who's the head coach of Tennessee, mm. was the quarterback when they won a national championship in two thousand. Right. And then he was the offensive coordinator for us for a while, and then you know he went to UCF. And then he became the head coach at Tennessee. And then he was playing against one of our former assistant um, coaches in Shane Beamer, which is the son of the legendary Frank Beamer. Mm -hmm. And then you had a former OU quarterback and tight end playing against him as well in uh, Spencer Rattler and uh, Austin Stogner. So it was just so much connections with OU there. And, you know, it was just, it was funny to see, like, you know, I didn't expect a South Carolina team to dominate like they did, but they put on for the home crowd against Tennessee. Right. Well, we're running out of time here. We're going to keep talking about this in the third segment. And you know, the segment that y'all waited for. So, but we'll be right back on the BGC sports network. This is the ACE and trade club. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back to the ACE and trade club. I am the trade club, Justin Williams, and I'm back with my special guest, Brandon Lewis is here with me. Mr. Cedric Bailey is back for the third segment. Yep, yep. And y'all all know, all the fans of the Ace and Trade Club, y'all know what segment this is. Said, you know what segment this is. Brandon, I'm sure you know what segment this is. But this is a segment everybody be waiting for. If you hate us, you love us. You ready to talk about us. You ready to hear what we're going to say about the Cowboys. Now, the first thing I always got to say is. Hold on a second, man. Hold up. I got to do this, man. You got my song ready, said You got my song ready for me? Because I don't even have to say the first part then. All right. Let me bring this up right now. We can Hold on. Turn me up, said Turn me up real quick. Here we go. Here we go. Holla. Hey, come on. Turn me up. Turn me up. We right. them boys. Hey, there you go. Turn me up. That's my song. Right. Yeah. We them boys. We them boys. <laughs> that's my song. Turn me up. Yeah. Turn me up. All right, I gotta stop, man. That's enough of that. <laughs> so that's the first thing. I don't. I don't even got to say it. That's the said. I already did it for me. But the second thing I got to say is I got three things to say this week. So the second thing is, how about them Cowboys? I know, I know y'all, I know y'all was thinking we was gonna get blown out, or you thought we was gonna, but how about them Cowboys? Now the third thing I say, I got to say is, and it comes from the Kirk Cousins special, and I said it earlier, and I told y'all we, we I told y'all what we was gonna do, Brandon. I told, I told him what we was gonna do. I told him we was gonna go in Minnesota. We won the last three games in Minnesota. I told him we was gonna snatch Kurt Thug, Kurt Thuggins chains. All that, all that chain stuff he was doing, we taking them chains. We taking all the chains, we snatching chains, and we did exactly that. So now the the only thing I got to say now is, 
Do you like that? Did you like that? Did you like that set? Did you like it? I know you, I know you were a former Cowboys fan, so I know you had to like what you saw. You know, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I've been a part of that. But when I drank the Kool-Aid, Jimmy Johnson was 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 pouring. <laughs> They've had 20 different people pouring it since 1995. That's a long time. And Campo, it, it sunk. Uh, Wade Phillips, <laughs> he had now that was a good team. Wade Phillips mm-hmm. and he had Jason Garrett as the uh, uh, offensive coordinator, and that was a good team too, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, but man, you know, it's just one of them things like, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm pulling up y'all's schedule right now. You know, why, yeah, well, why you I get excited mm-hmm. and everything, but then you know it's coming, you you know, it's coming in that right, Brandon. You know, it's coming, yes, sir. It's of called course. the letdown. Don't, 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 don't do my team like that now. We got we got some team, we got some teams to play, but don't don't do my team like that. You know, we're we gonna we're gonna keep keep taking care of business. So don't don't disrespect my team now. Okay, well let's yeah. go down, let's go down the list. You got the Giants this week. Can y'all beat them? Of course, always. No, that's see, my, not, that's my, not even my a question. Wife is, my wife is looking at me all sideways. She said, said, you know, they're gonna roast you and everything. <laughs> and I still got people saying. You can come back, but I don't know. Once I'm gone, I'm gone. You no, know, you you know we got a spot for you. you, you I know got that, a spot man, for but, you. But I, I mean, and y'all, y'all, y'all got it. You know, you just <laughs> prove me wrong. Uh, we don't do that. And in honor of your boy, who's not on uh, Jamal Baker, he says, "Do something that that's that he hasn't seen his whole life." You right. know, a playoff win. I mean, I, I going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Hey. So so going back to the schedule, you got the Giants this week. Mm-hmm. We all beat them. Yes, of course. That's that's not a question. That's of course a question. That's that's easy. We always beat them. Dak is Dak dominates the NFC East when he's playing and when he's healthy. So that's not even a question. Okay, Brandon, are you got any questions for him? I mean, the way I'm looking at the schedule, like they got an easy walk in. But my thing is, as I always say, y'all y'all say y'all going to the Super Bowl every year, but when are y'all going to do it and actually win? That's a good question. Now, looking at it here now, now, I I think possibly the way the Eagles have been playing with teams that they should be beating, like the Cowboys, like the Texans, and like the Indianapolis Colts, there might be some teams that knock them out. I mean, we saw Washington, who's not that good, but they are, hey, they are 500. So, and then they got the Titans. They got to play the Packers as well. So they got this pretty they almost got the same schedule that we got almost. So it depends on how if they want to keep playing around with teams. Okay. Well, let's let's go down the list. Right now you're seven and three. You beat the, the Giants, you're gonna be eight and three. Then you play back at home Sunday night football against Jeff Saturday and the Colts. I'll yeah. give you the win. Let's give you nine and three. Mm-hmm. Then you're gonna go, you're gonna play the Houston Texans in Arlington. You got your next three games at home. Right. You should be 10 and three. In the middle of December, then you got to hit the road. You got to go to Jacksonville to take on the Jags. I'll even give you that win. So that's 11 and three. But then you play the Eagles. At oh, home. That's the one I'm ready for. I'm ready for that one because I'm ready to shut all this talk down, all this hype down, and I'm ready to have a good Christmas that day because we're going to get our get back on that day, said. I'm telling you right now. 
All right, you got you got to play the Eagles, then you got to play the Titans. That's Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. Then you close out the season on the road against the um, the Washington Commanders. You should make the playoffs. And right. the, the question is, will there be at least three teams in the NFC East that make the playoffs? I say there will be, uh, but don't go to sleep on the Commanders. Don't go to sleep on them. Yeah, and I'm not going to say that. the. I think it honestly could be four teams. I don't honestly see Green Bay getting there, San Francisco maybe, Tampa Bay maybe as well. But, I mean, I don't know if they – if the NFC South just wants to keep giving Tampa Bay the playoff spot, then maybe, maybe the Falcons might turn it around. Maybe, but I think it could be for, uh, but I would do want to ask y'all this question. So with the game that you just saw, we all know it might've been the most perfect game from start to finish that the Cowboys could have played. Do you think if, you go a certain route. Maybe you play. Maybe you play Seattle. Maybe you play Minnesota, and then get to a NFC Championship. Do you think they have a chance if they go to a certain route? Do you think they would actually have a chance this year of actually getting to the Super Bowl? Man, that's some big thinking right there. I'm right now just trying yeah. to see if y'all, y'all can win the win the division <laughs> and get a game at home. You right. know, that's the key right there. Uh, mm. I mean, because uh, who else is best in the NFC besides the Eagles? So three teams in the NFC, 49ers, Cowboys, and Eagles, without a doubt, the best three teams in there. Who's the fourth best team in the NFC? You you can't tell me. We don't know. It's, it's supposed to be the Vikings. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings, you know, Kirk Cousins is a subpar quarterback. Right. What makes him get the stats is Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Um, Dalvin Cook is not the same running back, you know, um, man, it's just hard to say, you know, hmm. I really don't know, you know, 49ers to me, wasn't all that splashy. I mean, but adding Chris McCaffrey, that kind of bumped them up a notch, hmm. but I mean, the sleeper team to me, it's the Seattle Seahawks. That's the sleeper team. Okay. That's what you got to watch out for. Okay. Well, here now, as we well, we're recording this on Wednesday. Tomorrow will be Thursday, and we you will hear this show on Saturday and Sunday. So we had the Giants on Thanksgiving. Now the Giants have just come off a loss to the Detroit Lions, who I've been saying is the best team without the best record because when they put it all together, they can beat a lot of teams. And they took Philly in the first game to to the end of the game basically like they they had it on point they had it on par they got two-headed monster in the running back game and jamal williams and deandre swift and then there's another running back that just came out last week i can't remember his name but i'll get it here in a second but so giants oh go ahead sorry for what team for the lions they just had another running back that just completely like ran all over the giants last week Oh, well, I mustn't hear about that. Was it the Justin Jackson guy? I think it might have been. Let me get his name here. Yeah, Justin Jackson. Yep, nine for 66. Then Jamal Williams had 17 for 64. So, you know, Jamal Williams always been good. You know, they kind of had like a two-headed monster in Detroit, but they didn't utilize him properly. You know, I mean, uh, 
Green Bay, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't utilize them properly. You know, they gone had, you know, made Aaron Jones the bell cow. So Jamal Williams right. is waiting on his, his standing ovation. And he finally got it when he went to the Lions. Right. Well, let, let me, I'm going to share the screen. I want to give you a, a picture to look at. You're about to see my screen here and I'm going to show yes. you something. Here's, here's what happens that scares me about the Cowboys. Okay. What you want to go ahead and do is you want to go ahead and win out. As you see right now, the Eagles are the first place team. The Vikings are right behind them, followed by the 49ers and the Buccaneers. But here, if the Cowboys were to be in the playoffs right now, they would be a wild card team and have to go on the road. Giants would be a wild card team. And then that seventh team to get in would be the Seahawks. But you got the Redskins, I mean, on the Washington football team, on the bubble. So you're you look at your standings right now, you're nine and one. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to go ahead and battle Philadelphia to get that top spot to right. get a home game. You don't want to have to go up there to Lincoln Financial. You know, you don't want them to be the top seed. Now is right. the time for you to reclaim the East and get the job done. And that's why I say I'm like, if Eagles keep playing with these teams, because they have been playing, they haven't played this 8-0, 9-0 football that they've been playing from the start. But before we get to the Eagles here, of course, I was going back to the Thanksgiving game tomorrow. Do y'all really think the Giants have a chance of beating, of beating the Cowboys now at this yes, point sir. in the season? They're capable of getting it done, without a doubt. Brandon? Yeah. I think so. Okay. The only way that they can beat them is if, the Cowboys, so. if the Cowboys give the game away. Okay. The Cowboys should be able to beat them by at least, I'll give them double digits, I'll give them 10 points. They should beat them with no problem. Yeah, I'm, now, like, I'm happy for Saquon Barkley because here's a young man who played college ball at Penn State and his career was almost over. Remember everybody during the draft, during fantasy football, nobody wanted to touch Saquon. <laughs> After that first game, oh, I need to go get him, you know. Yeah. You know, running back. Yeah. <laughs> right, Brandon, who, who's your running back on your fantasy team? I have a lot of fans. I'm in four leagues. So um, one league, I got Joe Mixon, who had an exceptional game. Um, my work league, he got me like 60-some points. Um, I also have Kenneth Walker of the Seattle Seahawks, uh, Devin Singletary. And then I got Brian Robinson as well. And Joseph, who you got? I had well, I had the Denver Broncos running back Javante Williams at first. Then I got, got I had Aaron Jones. Yeah, he he's he's been a no show here lately. And then I keep I keep the two headed monsters and Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift on both teams because I love both of those guys and they're both great players. So I keep both of them on both of my teams at all times. Now I'm going to show you my lost my roster and let you see who my running backs are at this time period, because I got a tough game that's coming up on this week. And believe it or not, you're going to see that I got somebody that you know real well, but I got him on the bench. Okay? Who is that, Zeke? Oh. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I got Zeke right down here. I got to I gotta, I gotta figure out where I'm going to put him at, because on my, on, my, on my running backs, I got Jonathan Taylor, who just came back. I got Joe Mixon right there, you know? And, and here's... Uh-huh. I have Zeke right here and I'm looking at it. What should I do with him? What can I do? I only get uh, two running backs that I got to deal with. I got Devontae as a receiver and I got Waddle. So, you know, and then I got Jamal Williams of Detroit. So I got four running backs, really five. I got Jeff Wilson with Miami. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean Zeke. I mean, with the minute that we got here left, I'm gonna say me personally, I would bench Zeke because I mean, he's not gonna get you as many yards as a Tony Pollard. He's not gonna get you 30 points, but he may get you like 15, 20, maybe. But I think you still have a good chance with Joe Mixon and uh, I can't think of Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, yes. So I think you got a good chance of getting those same 20 points that you would get from Zeke with those two guys. But it just depends on if Zeke is going to score a touchdown in the end zone. And But I don't think he's going to get you the same amount of yards that a Tony Pollard can get I would you. rather have Pollard on my team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I, I'm out I'm out of time, man. I sure appreciate you. And Brandon, I appreciate you, man. I'm glad to be on an Ace and Trade Club show, man. Well, I'm glad you yeah, guys. Same here. Thank you for having me. I'm thankful for you guys to be here. I'm thankful for the fans out there that listen to us each week. And like I said, we'll be back next week. Hopefully Jamal will be back again. But this is the Ace and Trade Club, and we are out.